0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is poppin'? Hey, I started doing the grovelly John saw, Coleman. Mm-hmm. You like that or no? Uh,
1: sounds like why don't you get into my car. No, that <laughs> doesn't sound, no. That's good You though. got some candy for <laughs> yeah, me, little boy? Right. White man, no windows type of intro. <laughs>
0: Oh, what's poppin'? Well, we had the UCF helmet proudly displayed because we are in August. Yes. August is the start of college football season and NFL football season, in my opinion. Although many of the games don't technically, like the real games that matter, start until like the 1st of September. Shout out
1: UCF joining the Pac-12. Shut up. Is that? I don't know. Big 12, homie. Uh, Big 12. They're not part of the SEC?
0: They're not part of – no, they are not part of the SEC. What,
1: that would make sense because – Because we're in the southeast? What do I know?
0: What do you know? <laughs> it, look, it's, it's – really nice. for you non-football fans, just know everything is foobarred right now with this conference realignment. But it, it is a big deal that UCF is entering into okay. the Big 12. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 is basically falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then they're taking the Big 10, which is normally like the the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And They're bringing in two California teams. Let's go because that's the Midwest to me. Why not? Yeah, when I think Midwestern values, I think California,
1: I think Ohio and everything west of it.
0: Yes, yeah. Thinking of uh, speaking of Ohio,
1: uh oh, here we uh, go.
0: and UCF, shout out to my buddy Nick Smith. Okay, he's a huge Ohio dude. Okay, uh, but now he works for the good guys. Okay, he's, he's like my account rep over at UCF. Oh, good. Yeah, if you ever want, like. To talk season tickets from my Orlando fans. Uh-oh. Yeah, like DL, Orlando people.
1: Dio's got the plug.
0: Yeah, you know. Reach out to Nick Smith. <laughs> well, well, there you go.
1: Yeah. Wow. Good maybe, for you. Maybe
0: I'm plugging Nick because I just uh I just had lunch with a good buddy of mine. Like we grew up together playing baseball. And I really haven't connected with Randy since probably after high school, so 20 plus years ago. But he has a colleague of his from UCF. Randy's graduating with like yet another degree, like this time is MBA. For sure. And he has this younger professional by the name of Drew. And Drew is graduating with Randy both this Saturday. They're walking. And Drew has landed a job with um, uh, New Day uh, Mortgage. Okay. And uh, Randy is like, hey, you know, I, I know this guy. We need to meet with him. You can talk mortgages, mm-hmm. everything else. And I asked Randy, so what do you want to do? He's like, man, you know, I don't think I want to do mortgages. I would love to work for like Orlando City or I would love to work for like Orlando Magic right. or maybe I said, how about UCF? Mm. So sure as heck, I texted Randy Nick's info. There you go. So, you know, if I want Nick to do me a solid by maybe getting Randy an interview, mm-hmm. then maybe I need to shout out Nick. Hey, there you go. That's how the world That's works. That's how it is. That's And then shout out to Drew. Yeah, you just gave him leads, yeah. bro. You're just handing out leads. I don't know. Like, it's a warm I mean, lead. All Nick wants to do is raise money for UCF. That sounds like So, good like, thing. if you reach out to Nick, please know he's going to hit you up for, like, donations. There you go. That's what he does. All right. Yeah, but he's a good dude. He's like one of my favorite people over at UCF.
1: I don't have a creative segue into today's segment, so I'm just gonna go ahead and lay yeah, it well, on you. Well, we're gonna we're gonna geek out. You are gonna geek out. We, okay, John, together,
0: you and I. I'm gonna speak, you're gonna ask questions. Yes, that
1: is how this episode The
0: viewers love you because they're always like JC, always asks the questions that I'm thinking.
1: Right, when I have so time.
0: They well when I don't shut up.
1: When it's in between breaths, I've <laughs> learned to count them and i was like, he's about to breathe in three, two, one time.
0: And the more I train for this half Ironman that I'm doing in right. October, right. the less breathing I have to do. Really? You get in the pool and start swimming a mile, two miles at a time, it, you realize that you have way more lung capacity than you ever well, thought. Well, yeah,
1: I don't feel like the need to feel like I'm drowning every third breath I'm taking, so I'll take my time in the pool. But I'm not drowning. I know, but it feels like you are. But you even said you learn how to drink water, get up your nose, and you just ride with it, right? You have you be- to. No. You
0: got to figure it out. I am out. Yeah, you do these races and you're you're like you're doing like a half Ironman Man seventy point three miles. Takes six, seven hours, depending on what who f- you are. You're drinking a gallon of water. Yeah. Pond water, seawater, what that's not Well, no, you're only swimming for like one point one miles.
1: Only swimming
0: for yeah. one miles. Th- then you're biking for fifty six, <laughs> then you're running for thirteen. But the interesting thing is at some point you have to urinate.
1: And then do you stop or do you just
0: urinate in your tri suit and keep going?
1: I mean I guess you just push through, power through. I think from
0: what I heard, the real the real triathletes they, they just, just let her rip.
1: Really? Let her go. Are you prepared? Oh yeah, I'm prepared.
0: Oh my yeah, I'm ready to go. You're already gonna be soaking wet from either the pool or the, the river or right. the lake that you were in and then after- And all the sweat like What's a little bit more? And I'm sure it's crystal clear. Right. Because you're dehydrated so that get out, drink a Yellow water. as dirty lemonade. <laughs> All
1: right. So today's topic, Freddie Mac and ADUs.
0: No, so here's what I want to do because we don't geek out enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um recently it was announced from Freddie Mac that they are actually going to allow rental income derived from a ADU, accessible dwelling unit, to be used to help a consumer qualify for a home loan. Is that a big deal? This is huge. So when I was up in D.C. in August, mm. August, in April, yeah. I was up August now, yeah. I was up in D.C. in April, I was with the Mortgage Bankers Association, they have their national, annual by the way, annual national advocacy conference. Mm-hmm. And part of that conference, you get to march on Capitol Hill and meet with some of your representatives. And pushing, for this type of regulatory change was one of the things that we were doing. There's two big things that we were doing. We were trying to promote the use of ADUs and promote the use of income derived from ADUs as a way to help with affordable housing. And we we're helping push remote online notarization. Mm. Well, currently the House, I know everyone follows what's going on in the House and the Senate, but they just passed a bill where it is very pro making remote online notarization, legal, open, accessible. Mm-hmm. So now we need it to go to the Senate, then the president, and everything will go, go its way. But that was something we're ad- advocating on, on the industry's behalf. Right. Well, this coming out of Freddie is huge because think about it. You, as a home buyer, you may qualify for only 275 as a purchase price. But the home that fits your needs is like three seventy-five, and that extra hundred thousand dollars, which is about six hundred bucks a month in terms of monthly payment, you're not comfortable or you don't qualify. And usually, it's you don't qualify. Your DTI is going to be too high. Mm-hmm. But you're probably saying to us, "But like, look, this this home has an accessory dwelling unit, right? Maybe it has a detached unit in." like in the, in the backyard Mm -hmm. that is an efficiency suite that I can rent out and I can rent that thing for $900 a month. Mm. Well, it used to be like, all right, cool, man. High five, like good for you. But I couldn't use that $900 a month to help you qualify. Now Freddie Mac says, well, wait a minute, Mm -mm. wait a minute. Hey, John, that home that you're looking at with the accessible dwelling unit. If, We can document it appropriately. We'll let you use 75% of the proposed rental income to help offset Mm -hmm. that mortgage payment.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, wait a minute. You're able to buy 375, not 275. Yes. Your mortgage payment is 600 bucks more per month, but 90, I'm sorry. 75% of $900 is over 600 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So where you didn't qualify, now you do. Because the proposed rental income is going to offset that difference that was preventing you from qualifying. Hmm. That's a win. Now, there's going to be some stipulations. Right. Like everything in life, there are some stipulations. And I even had to print out some
1: little cheat sheet. It's rare. I was like, what the hell is that?
0: for, For those that are tuned in on YouTube, you will notice we have the UCF helmet. Yeah. And you'll notice that there's a white piece of paper <laughs> yeah. sitting to my right. A rarity. A rarity. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the most preparation we've done <laughs> for an episode. Yeah. like In a while. Like, it took me three or four minutes. Right. I had to find an email. I had to copy and paste it to a Word document. Then I had to print it out.
1: Yeah, I heard, what's that sound? I was like, oh, Dio must be printing something. Yeah, had to it. print something. Okay.
0: For those of you who tune in like Spotify, Apple, Stitch, or Google Play, hey, don't yeah. worry about don't it. Worry You're listening it. Yeah. anyhow. Yeah. For For y'all, I just hope that there's not an ambulance that drives by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on interstate four saving a life yeah. and and you think you have someone behind you cause you're in your car driving it's to or from work. It's happened once or twice. Um, yep. So the stipulations, things that you should be aware of, you need to be aware that there are stipulations set forth by Freddie Mac, that the income from the ADU, it cannot exceed 30% of the borrower's income. Right? So the example that I was looking at, it would be like, Hey, if the borrower makes $72,000 a year, which by the way is $6,000 a month, and you're trying to use income from the ADU to qualify, then that income cannot exceed $1,800. Hmm. Because John, 30% of 6000 is 1800 I have a question for you. Do you know how I did that math so quickly in my head? Because you practice it on the daily in the shower when you're shopping at Nordstrom Rack. I don't shop and shower at the same time.
1: <laughs> is that what I said? My no. son,
0: may. Eh? I, I didn't my, know. My, my son takes yeah. his phone into In the, the shower, probably players <laughs> music, probably on Amazon, doing Discord, and playing uh, a Clash Royale. Yeah. yeah. That's not my style. Because no. you
1: dominate quick math. That's how you did it.
0: Because what is three times Six. 18. There you go. That's how I figured it out. Shit is hard. Right? The guideline says that no more than 30% of the qualifying income can come from the ADU. Mm. So if the borrower's income is $6,000 a month, which is basically 72000 divided by 12, mm-hmm. and the ADU can't exceed, then, okay, how do I figure that out? Well, that means the ADU income cannot be more than what is three times six, 18 $1,800. Hmm. All right. So that's just, okay, that's a cool caveat. Yeah. Right? Something else that can't be done. I think it's very important. These are highlights, hot spots you may want to call them. Right. Something else that cannot be done, you can't move into the ADU.
1: Right, you have and to, rent out
0: the main property. That's what I was to say. No, Almost. this is for you to live in the main property and then it's for you to um, rent out the ADU.
1: Are there any like stipulation like let's say the ADU is like a piece like a, a shack, but I'm charging like 8,000. Are there any like um like no,
0: yeah, yeah. You're thinking appraisal, yeah, like, yes, yeah. You it doesn't work that way, okay. you can't just like come up with some arbitrary right. pull it out of your rear end number, okay? No, you are going to uh have the home appraised, mm-hmm. right? And there's definitely some appraisal stipulations that you'll probably need to be aware of, okay? Because anytime you have a unique property, which by the way, properties that come with ADUs, they're unique, like something that we are advocating for in DC wasn't even so much like what Freddie Mac is doing it was telling our federal legislators that we need them to talk to the state and local legislators about promoting communities to allow adus because not every community allows an adu Hmm. so for my loan officer friends who have been doing this for a living for a while you know that sometimes the hardest part is finding value because in order to find value you have to find comparable sales well If I'm purchasing a property with an ADU and I'm using that ADU proposed income to qualify, I'm going to have to go find comparable sales, comps. That could be a sticking point. That would be a gotcha moment. Like, oh, I'm glad you allow it, but can I find a comparable sale to help me figure out, like, A, what is this thing worth? And then more importantly, what would it rent for? Because you don't come up with that number, the appraiser. Oh, because right. that's yeah. what I was
1: thinking. Because you could just jack up the rent and have some.
0: Correct. Like if you think about when when a consumer purchases a standard investment property, whether it's a condo, a single family home, or a duplex, triplex, quadruplex, or 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 townhome, the appraiser is going to do a comparable rent analysis worksheet. That's a part of the appraisal. They charge an extra hundred or two hundred bucks to do them. But what it does, it's a piece of paper that goes in the file that lets the end investor usually family or freddie lets them know what the market rent is for this home Mm. based on what other homes that are like sized in that community are renting for so the appraiser is going to have to go out there and they are going to have to per their research Mm -hmm. determine based on comparables what that particular adu would rent for Mm. and and it's okay if they use for comparable purposes it may be a mother-in-law suite That they end up using it could be a studio apartment, it could be a garage apartment. Okay, and those are kind of to me those are pretty typical ADUs. Like friends of ours, Dennis and Renee, they purchased this new construction home with a detached garage, but on top of the detached garage is a total mother-in-law suite. Oh, okay. I'm talking like living room, bedroom, efficiency kitchen, like yeah, 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 like that would be. Like that thing I bet would rent for 1200 bucks a month. Gotcha. Like you could easily rent that out for 1200 bucks a month to a college student who would gladly live in this super nice neighborhood, new construction. All they have to do is walk up one flight of stairs and boom, they're
1: there. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So those are some of the things. Um, you know, something else that I think is going to be a gotcha mm-hmm. is the research I've done has let me know or has reminded me that the appraisal report must indicate that the accessible dwelling unit, the ADU, is allowed per zoning. Oh, wait a minute.
1: Uh Uh-oh, I didn't get this permit.
0: Wait a minute. Yeah, so homeboy or homegirl can't just go into their plan unit development, convert the garage into some kind of a living quarters, Yeah. have that not be to code, have that not be allowed per the PUD or not allowed per the municipality, and expect us to move forward with
1: it. Yeah, I just boarded up the garage. I thought I was good to go. Yeah. No. No.
0: No, No, it's not going to be that easy. Gotcha. But it's like anything in life. Hey, this is a step in the right direction. That's
1: what I was about to ask. Is this like the first domino to fall? Because I know we've talked about this in previous episodes and like with, uh, you know, ADUs and rental properties and all this stuff. Fanny and Freddie have been somewhat trepidatious. Is this like the first domino to fall? Is like Fanny going to follow suit shortly thereafter? They
0: normally do. Like if Fanny does one, Freddie does the other. If Freddie does one, Fanny does the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fanny would follow suit because they tend to think of themselves as the holier-than-thou. Mm-hmm. They are the big sister mm-hmm. and Freddie's little annoying brother. Mm. And, and they, for the most part, historically have operated Is that, that right? way. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, you, you could and should see that. Um, here's some other tidbits I could share just regarding this Freddie Mac ADU. So, by the way, Freddie Mac loan officers, that means you're running LPA, right? That's Freddie Mac's automated underwriting system. That means you're also going to have to follow Freddie Mac's guidelines as it pertains to self-employed borrowers, Freddie Mac's guidelines as it pertains to calculating student loan income, like uh, our student loan debt. Like, you just keep in mind, this is Freddie guides, but um, it is only for a purchase transaction or a, what we call a rate and term refi. So you're not going to do a cash out refi. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you're doing any refinances, here we are in August, 2022, most refinances are cash out in today's day and age. Because most people have an interest rate higher than what the market is 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 mm-hmm. is giving. Mm-hmm. But you can just use a cash out refinance to save someone's financial world, at which point it becomes not about rate, it becomes about lowering their overall debt mm-hmm. and the overall monthly payments, consolidating some things together, et cetera. But um, you know, that was one of the notes that I had written down on the sheet of paper was understanding that um you can't use it for a cash out refi.
1: Is there a certain amount of time you have to have the ADU on the premises before you're allowed to, like, use it for qualifying income? Let's say I've, I just got it, like, like, minimum time
0: on premises. Well, well normally you're going to be buying the home, and the home already has the ADU on there. Gotcha. Right? It's not like it's a, a she-shed that you're, like, rolling in. <laughs> okay. You know? Like, like this is already a structure that's on the property. Okay. A lot of times it's like a, a an apartment over the garage, mm-hmm. or it's a detached building in the backyard. hmm Right. So like um, one of my best friends uh, years ago and rest in peace, Sean Jeffries. But Sean's home in West Palm Beach was like a 1920 Spanish style Mm. home. And that particular home had a detached one car garage, but attached to the garage was like its own small apartment. It was an efficiency apartment. So like if Sean's address was um, 121 29th Street, that small apartment was 121 and a half 29th street oh, right. right so that that is a home that's been around for a 100 years a century right. and it has an adu ADL. but when sean bought it he couldn't use any of that rent to help him qualify for the mortgage right. although he did rent it mm-hmm. he didn't have the ability to use rental income and then here's something that at first tricked me up and i'm like well that's bullshit you know <laughs> like that's gonna totally suck right. and then as i read the fine print i'm like oh that makes perfect sense but i think we should definitely like lay it out especially on on today's show but you know a lot of times when trying to use rental income to help someone qualify some in certain situations loan programs require us as the originator or the underwriter to prove that our borrower the home buyer in this case has experience as a landlord mm. like oh well that sucks the hell like how many people are buying a home needing to use ADU income to qualify and they have experiences as a landlord. Mm -mm. So I started reading these guidelines set out by Freddie Mac. And I'm like, I'm reading right through it. And it's like, uh, at least one borrower on the loan must have documented previous landlord experience for a minimum of one year. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Then I kept going. Or. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Or must participate in a landlord education program. Okay. And by the way, there is no specific program mentioned by Freddie Mac. So, for example, I think you can go to landlordcert.org. That is landlordcert.org, and for about ninety-nine dollars,
1: you can get certified. You can get certified. <laughs> I was like, Phew. okay,
0: yeah, all right, cool. Like, I can do with that. Yeah, I got a little angry. I got a little fiery. Thank God, I kept reading. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Like this is cool. So if I'm a loan officer at a minimum, I am using this knowledge. And I'm going to do my own research and I'm going to put together a three to five slide PowerPoint deck. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to get it into every single real estate office between now and Thanksgiving. And I'm going to teach them about this. I'm going to teach them how they can take a buyer who was maybe not qualified and make them qualified as long as they find them a home with an ADU. <laughs> I'm going to get on my social media and I'm going to talk about it. Right? Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm going to let the world know that this is what I can do. Because at the end of the day, it is my job to lead generate. It is my job to be an advisor. It is, it is my job to be the source of all information. Now, people may contact me regarding this particular program and realize, you know what? You qualify for so many other loan programs. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't need this, but this may have been what attracted them. Mm-hmm. If I'm a realtor, same exact thing. I'm gonna use this knowledge to partner with my favorite loan officer And let's use this to get people interested in buying a home. We've talked about this on previous episodes. I'm a firm believer that we have a small window, Mm -hmm. five to seven months max, where it's a little bit of a buyer's market. I think that goes away by March of next year. So there are many buyers sitting on the fence, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the sky to fall. By the way, the sky's not falling. That's not, who is that? That's uh, Chicken Little. (laughs) Sky is not falling, Chicken Little. But this is knowledge and information that, that, you can take. And you had kind of alluded to something about five minutes ago that just got me thinking, and maybe this, I will wrap up the show. This is just the beginning. Like we have a massive, I'm gonna get on my soapbox Mm -hmm. a little bit. We do have a massive affordability issue here in in the United States and probably worldwide in most civilized, Mm -hmm. you know, Western type countries. Where at the end of the day, builders don't want to build homes because they can't make money. It's not that builders don't want to build homes. They do because that's how they make money. All right. But when labor cost X, when supplies cost Y, when land cost Z, right? when zoning, environmental issues cost A squared, <laughs> when you take X plus Y plus Z plus A squared, it equals a certain number. That number right now may be three hundred fifty dollars to $450,000. That's not affordable housing. But that's what a builder is saying. That's what it costs for him or her to build a home at bare minimum and not make money. Hmm. So we have an affordability issue. I don't think it falls on the builder's shoulders, right? This ADU component would help, right? Because obviously it's taking one particular unit mm-hmm. and it's turning it into a income stream for the owner to subsidize the cost of that house and it's providing cheap housing right. hopefully in a safe neighborhood for someone who couldn't afford 1800 or 2600 right. but they can afford 900
1: i have a question for you before we wrap yes um in certain communities is it allowed where like new construction also comes with adus like hey we're all new construction oh, yes. in this neighborhood has like oh yeah AD... like th-
0: those are my friends uh, uh dennis and renee okay their entire neighborhood. Mm. Like, I'm sure not every home, because you don't want every home to look the same. Right. But yes, it's very common. So we live in Florida, Central Florida to be more exact. And in Central Florida, a lot of the new constructions being the the, the style right now mm-hmm. is detached garages with with, with apartments. Mm. Those are those are ADUs. Now what we don't know is in that particular community, does the community allow you to rent the ADU? Mm, gotcha. If the community doesn't allow you to rent the ADU, then what good does it do? Hmm. And that's where things start to get hairy. And that was the soapbox I was getting on. I'm like, look, at some point, the communities right. are going to have to step up. The municipalities. Like, the issue right now is I was listening to a really cool podcast. It's the Ezra Klein Show, by the way. Ezra is very liberal himself, but I like it that he keeps his podcast as neutral as someone. Who has polarizing views can (laughs) but he always has really good guests and he's a good interviewer Mm -hmm. right it's like why do i listen to ed milet i don't know if i would like ed milet i don't know him personally but i love his interview style Mm -hmm. right so because of that i i tune into his show and nonetheless when i was listening to ezra literally this morning on my bike ride um the guests that he had on there talking about affordable housing so i'm I'm pulling this from that show something like this 75 percent of all areas in the U.S. are only zoned for single-family homes. Damn. Yeah. So some somewhere along the lines of 1940, 1950, communities rallied, and they said, we don't want multifamily Ugh. on every street, meaning we don't want duplexes, triplexes, quadruplexes. We don't want six-unit apartments. Right? How about this? There used to be a time in, a, in, in, in an age where you had what were called bunkhouses. Right. Right? Like I think what you yeah, call talk, them, like glorified,
1: glorified hostels.
0: Yeah, glorified hostels. But that used to be a thing. Like that used to be a thing. And like I think about being a single tradesman or tradeswoman hmm. who wants to live on your own, but you're just getting started out. You're 19 years old. You're 21 years old. You're a journeyman. You're an apprentice. Like, would it be nice to be able to live in a house in a decent area where you just rented the room, and the room maybe came with either a shared bathroom or a, or a private bathroom, mm-hmm. almost like dorm style housing. Mm-hmm. Like right. like think of what college kids get to have now when it's off campus. Mm-hmm. Right. You can spend twelve hundred bucks a month. You get your room, your own bathroom, a shared living room, a shared kitchen. And for twelve hundred bucks a month, it includes everything. Right. It includes cable, Wi-Fi and um, water yeah. and electricity. Yeah. Right. Like we don't have that. And. Everything that I'm researching and reading, it's like, well, until we have, and I'm not saying we need to have bunk ADU style housing, yeah, right, right. right? But I am saying that, Hey, we may need to be able to remove some of the environmental impact mm-hmm. fees. We need to, we may need to be able to allow a duplex or how about row housing, just row housing. Like think San Francisco, the painted mm-hmm. oh, houses. Yeah, like yeah. why not bring in row housing where you can have 10 houses, where normally four houses take up that, that, that mm-hmm. same space, right? So those are just some of the things that when we start talking affordable housing, 80 is the beginning, mm-hmm. right? What Freddie Mac has allowed that that's a step in the right direction, but we're not ready to go uh, compete in that half marathon or that marathon. Like right, right now we're just prepping to walk the neighborhood okay. before we can do a 5k, a 5k right. leads to a half marathon, mm-hmm. half marathon leads to a half Ironman. Want you do a half Ironman, you know what you say? Shit, I might as well go run the Chicago Marathon, (laughs) which, by the way, I'm going to put it out there. I'm running the Chicago Marathon next October. There you go. October of 2023, I'm going to run the Chicago Marathon uh, because why not? We'll hold you to it. Because why not? But that's Freddie Mac. That's ADUs. That's all the time we have for you today. His name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. You have just tuned in. To the Loan Officer Podcast. If you've made it this far, we say thank you. Thank you. We're going to go ahead and keep you for 90 more seconds because yes, we have sir. some business to attend. Yep. We have this website. It's pretty badass. We just launched it, launched it about six months ago, but it's called theloanofficerpodcast.com or
1: tloponline.com.
0: T-L-O-P online.com. If you want links to great industry articles, if you want awesome additional educational content mm-hmm. specifically geared towards mortgage professionals, check out our sales tools. We have lead trackers, we have worksheets, we have PDF files, guides, guides, and we also have information about our upcoming events. Yes. So we have an event that we are going to be attending and participating in. It is in Las Vegas. It is next month in September. It's being held at the palms. If you want to know more information, check it out. The dates are what September. September
1: 21st and
0: 22nd. 21st and 22nd. It is Mastermind 2022. Mm-hmm. The Mastermind Summit, also known as Morgan's Mastermind. Yep. It's a fun event. Hello fun. It is a great time to learn. A great time to network. Mm-hmm. John and I are going to be there. We're going to speak for an hour. We're going to have lunch provided, and our friends over at Jungo. Shout out Jungo. Are going to be providing lunch. Yep. So we would love to see you there. If you're listening. Check us out on YouTube. Yes, please. If you're a YouTuber, check Check us us. out on audio. (laughs) Make sure you're liking, make sure you're sharing. Look, this shit's free.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? At the end of the day, this is free. All we ask is that you share us and like us so we can continue to grow our following and more people can enjoy the stuff that we're putting out. That's what keeps us motivated. That's what keeps us wanting to do what we're doing. And it's what will continuously keep us motivated to do more and more importantly to get better yes sir that was good was there anything else that i missed out on that I john i think that was i think that was it all right so let's try this one more time he's john coleman i'm dustin know that's all the time we have for you today but we will catch you on the next episode peace